Thanks for joining us on Bubbles and Bitches. This is Brandy and Arnell. We have a great, great episode as always. But as this, always. Is, this is um, actually one of our listeners, and we became um, good friends with her. And we noticed that she has a gift. She is psychic, mm-hmm. and we want to welcome Melissa White. Yay! Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. We finally finally made this happen it was like what a fucking year almost (laughs) (laughs) well i've been listening i've been listening you know to all the episodes and i'm such a like i'm such a loyal listener so it's really exciting to be able to be a guest as well i know it it it, well what's funny is like you you quite possibly are a day oneer yeah yeah (laughs) i think so i think i am Yeah. yeah I think so. How funny. Like, like we've known each other for a year now. Like <laughs> I want I want to say that you you reached out to us. Mm-hmm. One of the first listeners that ever reached out to us. Oh my god, that's so cool. I didn't know that. And I was I don't normally do that, so I kind of felt a bit like shy to do it. I didn't know if you guys would think I'm like weird, but I just <laughs> loved like I listened and I was laughing. And I just, anybody that can make me laugh, I just love because I feel like I need, I need that in my life because I deal with a lot of grief, right? I deal with a lot of people and, you know, really difficult times. And so anything that can make me laugh, I'm like, I just am all about it. So that's why I reached out because I just thought, oh my gosh, plus I do, I do love Housewives. I do love uh, Vanderpump Rules. So it kind of, it was just like a match made in heaven. I loved, I loved the podcast. Oh, well, thank you very much. We love you so much. And oh, I, I just, I'm excited to get started. I know I am too. I just going to say that I do definitely remember you reaching out to us because we were like, oh my God, someone listens, you know? So it was, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, I'm glad that I did. Well, thank you for, for being loyal to us. And I'm excited. We finally have you on the damn thing. I'm, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> Well, good stuff. Well, I'm I'm open to whatever you guys want to ask. So you could just lead the way. Okay. So w- what I want to do first is I want you to introduce. Basically, I want like a a snapshot of of you, who you are, where what? you where you like where you live, what you do, yeah, what your family, like, what's your like, and your specific gifts that you do have. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I live um, just outside of Vancouver in Canada, so in the West Coast, uh, Pacific West Coast. Um, I have two kids. Sorry? That is sweet. Yeah, we're jealous. Yeah, yeah, super pretty, super beautiful place. Um, and I, you know, I grew up here, so I've always, I've always uh, lived in this area. Um, but I've got two kids. I've got a son who is 13, and a daughter who just turned seven, and um, and married. And when I first started uh, dating my husband, I didn't really know about my my abilities. I, I kind of did, but I kind of 
didn't. And he had no clue, you know, that this would be his life, you know, so he had, there was no way for him to know, like when we started dating like 10 years ago, uh, that he would end up, we would end up married and that I would be doing, um, you know, psychic mediumship readings for a living. Like there was, it was not something that either of us really anticipated. So, um, yeah, I, I was always really sensitive as a child and growing up and in all my life. And I would say, like, as a teenager, I experienced things that made me question, like, oh, that is that, like, is that spirit? But I grew up in a family that it really was spirit and um, mediumship, psychic things, any of that. None of that was really discussed. And if it was, um, it was really not encouraged because I actually have um, uh, a family member who's now in the spirit world. But when he was here in the physical world, he did have the same kind of abilities. So he was clairvoyant. He saw energy. He saw spirit. He saw things. um, And he knew things. And they, you know, he, he ended up being diagnosed with schizophrenia because he was also hearing voices and things like that. Um, and I knew that he'd been institutionalized. I knew that he'd been sort of mistreated because of what he experienced. My belief has always been that I don't think he actually had schizophrenia. I think he was a medium and that it wasn't understood at that time. So this was like in the 60s, like 70s. So there wasn't as much of an understanding about what what being a medium actually is. Wow. Okay. I have a question. uh, Yeah. Okay. Do you communicate with him now? Yes. You do. Wow. Wow. And you know, what's funny is anytime I go to, um, say like a workshop or a conference or something like that, where I'm with all my peers, like other professional mediums, he is always one of the first spirits that comes through. You know, they'll say, oh, I feel like I've got, you know, this." he's like your uncle, and he's, you know, they describe him perfectly. And he comes and he just says, I'm so happy for you that you're doing this because it's understood now and you're helping people. Right. And so for him, it's such a, I think it's cool. It's like almost like he's a teacher of mine in the spirit world. He shows up when I teach. So when I teach classes and I teach um mediumship (laughs) students will oftentimes pick up on his presence in the room and he loves it he loves he also loves like attention from women and all my classes are mostly ladies so he kind of I think that's why he shows up as well but he yeah he's he's like he's like a I was close to him uh when he was here in the physical world but in since he's been in spirit it's almost like we have like an even deeper bond and when he passed away, how old was he and how old were you? I was 15 and he was just turning 40. Oh, 40. Wow. Oh, so wow. Young. He was very young. And that was actually a pivotal moment in my life because the way that he passed, it was very abrupt and um, unexpected. And um, I was away on a school trip and I got a phone call like, we were staying with um, students like in, it was almost like a exchange thing. So we were staying in the home of these students in a different uh, province. And uh, I got a phone call at the house like midnight or something like that. And it was my parents telling me, you know, that my uncle had passed and unexpectedly and kind of giving me the details. And um, I think that that experience just the, the, the trauma of it and the grief that I experienced in my dad, who it's my dad's brother, um, it really sort of opened my eyes to 
the spirit world, and I, I recognized that I was experiencing feelings that were not necessarily my own. You know, so I wouldn't say at that moment I knew, okay, I'm a medium, but I kind of felt like, okay, I'm experiencing this way differently than I think even everyone else was in the family. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting. His yeah, his passing kind of was one of those. Yeah, it, it just I never really looked at life the same again after that because it was one of those things where uh, I never got to say goodbye to him. Nobody did, you know. So it was it was very impactful. So. Um... Wow. Yeah. I know. I'm kind of like taken aback from I that know. story. Yeah. <laughs> but seeing what he went through and like you said, being institutionalized because of what he was yeah. able to see, did that make you nervous about your abilities? Did you try to hide yes. them? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. That's what I did. So I was, I would feel things and I would know things and I wouldn't speak it because I was always I think on some level, maybe not even, I wasn't even aware I was doing it, but I was afraid of being labeled as crazy, right? And I think also, you know, my family's um, Catholic and I grew up with that sort of, um, that religious belief. So it's also not really accepted in that, uh, in many, most religions, right? Most religions don't accept mediumship as something that is uh, good. So I did, I, I felt almost like I was always hiding who I was. And as a consequence, I had anxiety for most of my life. And I think it has to do with always feeling spirit or always feeling energy of people. Or I always know what people are thinking. And, you know, sometimes that's uncomfortable because you don't necessarily want to know, you know. So yeah. I've, I've, learned, I've learned how to have discipline with that and where now it's not overwhelming and I don't tend to get anxiety. But I think the whole time I was trying to hide it, I, I was. I was feeling very anxious. How long so did it, it take you? How long did it take you to learn that to control that aspect of a while? Okay. Yeah, because I would say the there's sort of another there's another part. So another pivotal point. So when I was uh, 23, I had my son. And a week after he was born, I started getting these like crazy pains in my, in my like ab abdominal area. And I went to the doctor, I went to the ER a few times, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. I felt like I was dying, like I had intense, intense pain. Oh, and I think, I think I told you about this, Brandy, but it was, it was, ended up being, you know, they just kept sending, giving me drugs, sending me home, telling me that like it probably to do with just having given birth. And just, I think they thought I was a first time mom and I was having like, um, like a, a mental breakdown or something because they, they wouldn't do anything. And so finally, it was like probably about a week of that um, pain and then it would go away and then the pain would come back. Plus I had a fever and I had, you know, there was all this other, I felt awful. I felt like I was going to die. And my mom came over one day to visit and she, usually I would lock my door, but it was open for whatever reason. She came in, um, my son was in his bassinet sleeping. I was like draped half on the couch, half off the couch sleeping. And she just took one look at my face and she said, I looked white. And she was so, like, she was just so afraid. So she grabbed me, grabbed my son, went to the hospital. I guess they did finally some other test. It's all kind of a blur because I was so out of it. But anyways, within like half an hour, I was getting wheeled into exploratory surgery. So I guess they did a blood test or something, and they knew that something was majorly wrong. They just didn't know what. So 
I remember laying in the bed, in the hospital bed, and I was just praying to God, like, please, like, I cannot die. I have a one-week-old son. Like, I need to be here for him. And I felt I had my dad's mom, so my grandma, come to me one side of the bed, and then my grandfather, her husband, come to the other side of my bed. And they basically were just there saying, like, you're going to be okay. You need to get the surgery, and you need to get it now but you're going to be fine and you're going to get to be here and you're going to get to raise your son. Like you're going to be fine. And so it's not that I saw them. I didn't see them, you know, come there. I just felt them and I can't even really put it into words what that felt like, but I knew it was them. And then basically the communication was just like from, from their heart to mine. Hello. Melissa, you cut off a little bit. So right when your grandparents grandparents came on either side, Tell, start from there. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that I saw them, but I did feel them both come um, to either side of the bed. And basically that communication was um, heart to heart, like soul to soul. I just, I could hear their words and I could feel that they were just coming to reassure me. But what it actually, it didn't make me think like, oh, I have an ability to connect with spirit. It made me think that I was dying <laughs> and that I was just able to connect with them because I was almost dying. That's, that's where my mind went. So I did have the surgery, and they, they did. They removed a ruptured appendix. And the surgeon told me when I woke up from surgery that I wouldn't have had 24 more hours had they not done the surgery when they did. So that experience made me realize that I needed to trust my feeling. I needed to trust my intuition because I knew all along something was majorly wrong and I was allowing the doctors to tell me it was nothing. And I wasn't listening to that voice that was like, you need to get this dealt with. So I I left that experience and, and felt like so lucky to be alive. And it made me just realize like, what do I want to do with this life? Do I want to be true to myself or do I want to hide myself? You know, so um, still took, you know, a few years after that, um, I had my daughter and um, after she was born, my husband was actually in uh, a really serious motor vehicle accident and it um, damaged his, his back and his neck quite severely. So she was six weeks old when he had this accident went from him being the main provider to him not being able to work. And I was off on maternity leave. So we had really like serious um, fear of losing our house. How are we going to like provide for these kids? What are we going to do? And I, I really, looking back, I think that this sort of happened for a reason because it was in that time where I really started seeking what I believe, you know, like do I like connecting with my true self because I had to dig deep. I had to do something. I had to be very strong because I had to keep everybody together um, and I had to figure out a way for us to survive. So um, I ended up seeking out a meditation class because I wanted to learn to relax because I was really, I was just in turmoil. We had a flood in our house like a month after that. Um, there was just like one thing after the other. It was probably like the most stressful time of my life. And, you, could, um, you could not catch a break. Oh my God. I know. It was just, I was seriously like, I I don't know. Am I being punished? Like what 
what is happening. Um, so I did. I went to this meditation class because I'm like, I just need to learn how to relax because I felt like I was losing my mind. And I showed up and I didn't know that it was like a psychic development circle. I thought it was just like you learn how to relax your like relax yourself. So I showed up and I'm sitting there and I did I did the, the meditation, first time I ever meditated. And I was like brought to tears. I was seeing spirit. I was feeling emotional. I was like receiving messages. And the lady that was running it was a medium and she at the end she said, Oh, don't you know that you're a medium? And I said, uh, I don't know. I said, maybe. I, I, I questioned it before, but I don't really know. And she's like, oh, you are. And she said, just keep coming. Come back next week and you'll see. She said, you'll prove it to yourself. Don't worry. I was like, okay. And the other people, you know, I feel like there have been other people that have been going for, for years or months and years. And, like, I think they were kind of like, who's this girl? Because I just showed up and I didn't even know what I was coming to and had this sort of, like, profound experience. So I do feel like spirit put me there, you know, to, to for that purpose to learn that this was real. Um, and I just kept going. So I went back every week for about, I'd say 10 months religiously. And I just tried to prove it to myself every time. I did everything she asked of me, did all the exercises. And I started to notice that like everything that I tried was like pretty much right. Like I, I could, and then if it wasn't, I could understand, oh, next time I'll try, try it this way and see what happens. So I sort of treated it like an experiment. I just wanted to learn if it was, first of all, real. Um, and then second of all, like, could I count on it? Could, it, could I, you know, re- reproduce those results every time? And so, but during that time, you know, I did, I did eventually prove it to myself. And then people just started asking organically. People just, you know, hairdresser wanted a reading. And then, you know, she had a, a great experience. And then she would tell her clients. And it just built into a full-time profession within, like, probably about two months. Oh, my God. Wow, that was pretty quick for you. And was your um, how was your husband? How was his recovery? Is he okay? Well, it's interesting. Like he, he's still, he'll always be, I think he'll always have some level of pain, but he is a lot better than he was. Um, and what happened was he was able to, because he wasn't able to work for, I think he was home for about three and a half years, could have been four, but he was home for quite some time. It enabled me to be able to, because I, I started doing these readings and I started doing it as my profession. Um, I think the only reason I was able to do it so wholeheartedly and like be available and do all these, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and effort and work to, to do this, you know, to build it up. I think it's because I knew he was at home. And even though, yes, he has you know, the injuries, he was able to be there and he was able to like be with the kids while I kind of pursued this. And it gave us stability. Like I was able to, I was able to, um, provide for us, you know, in those times when he, he wasn't able to work. So, Today he is working. It's part time, but it's he's you know he's doing as much as he can, um, and basically it's just sort of um, you know it'll always be something that he has to be mindful of. But he's he's a lot better than he was for sure. Thank God, jeez, that is so. Ugh. Yeah, you had more than like a lifetime's worth of <laughs> yeah. tough times. 
it was, it was it was so stressful but when i look back i'm like i get it like i get that i had to be almost pushed to my limit before i would before i would pursue this and i kind of feel like what we learned together as a couple like I, I I thought I was a very compassionate person. I thought that I was very like loving. But when you have to, you know, when you're when you're married and your partner goes through something like that, I think it really tests your compassion and it tests like who you are as a person, you know, because it gets really difficult to watch someone you love go from being vibrant and like strong and taking care of everything to becoming someone who is depressed, understandably so, you know, um, in chronic pain and feels like, you know, I, I think he felt, he felt like he was letting everyone down. He felt like he wasn't able to be there, you know, to be a partner to me anymore because of his, his injury. So, you know, it, it tested us many times. Um, but when I look back, I'm like, wow, like if we can, if we can weather that, I feel like we can probably weather anything. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh like there were times that I was like, you know, you're not used to being with your partner 24-7. Like, you know, we were both used to working. And, and you know, and all of a sudden you're both home 24 hours a day. That, no. that was, <laughs> I was not easy. Like, I was like, is this what no. people that retire together? Is this what they go through? Because this, you need a hobby. I need to get you, like, out of the house. <laughs> I, was, I was suggesting that he learned, like, um, online poker something like yeah. i needed to like get him to do something uh but um but yeah so, so you know order has been restored now we're both working so it's good and how um how many years ago was that that was seven or yeah that was seven years ago that he had the oh it'll be seven years this april that he had his since he had his accident okay wow um now, do your do your children have any of your gifts? Do you think? Yeah. So my son, not so much the mediumship. Like he's not. I wouldn't say he's a natural medium connecting with spirit. He's more sensitive. Like since he was born, he's just like, you know, those like I can't even explain it, but just like the gentlest, sweetest like just like very wise little man. Like when he was a baby, I looked at him and I'm like, you are like the wisest old man in a baby body. You know, like he's just, he always had that kind of demeanor. And then with my daughter, um, she's not like that. She is more, <laughs> if she, uh, she kind of is like the energy in her is very go, go, go. She's like a very, yeah, she's she's got a lot of a lot of energy, um, but she she's very much a natural medium. She has told me things about clients like um, she was very aware. Like clients have always been coming in and out of my house, you know. So I have readings, you know, all the time, and she'd be aware of somebody coming in, and when they would leave, she'd be like, "Oh, that one's mom came to talk to her." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. "Yeah, oh, that is, that is super cool." So she can kind of see. Yeah, so she like does. and she's told me things about my own my great aunt in the spirit world who she never met. She's told me stuff about her. Um she is very psychic too, just like me, so she could see things about people, see things um in the future. Like I remember when she was about 3, I was typing on the computer and I was typing out like the list for her birthday party for her invitations. And this was like, 
I mean, she would have no idea what I was typing. She couldn't read anything like that. And it was about two months before. So it's not even like it was like the week before or something like that. And she, I remember she came, sat beside me. She goes, oh, what are you doing? Is it for my party? <laughs> and yeah. just stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, she, she is. She's, I have a feeling that, like, she's asked me so many times, can I come with you? Like, when I'm going to do, like, group readings and things like that. She's always loved my cards, like, working with the angel cards, oracle cards. Um, she talks about God all the time, you know, just like That's, she just is very, she's very connected. That's actually one thing that I wanted to ask you was you're actually spiritual in a religious aspect too. Are you not? Well, I am. Yeah. I mean, I think over time I've recognized that my relationship with God doesn't really fall under any formal religion, except for if I had to say, I would say I'm more of a spiritualist where, you know, my beliefs are in line with, um, you know, the fact that there, you know, we, we do have a, an afterlife and we do, you know, the, 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 um, you know, that we don't die. We, we continue on, you know, it's the continuity of the, of the soul. But, um, I do, I, I believe in God. I pray. I still, I still say my Catholic prayers every time before I do a reading, I say, Hail Mary, our father. Um, and I, I did, I grew up going to church with my grandfather who is now in spirit. Um, but I think that was those experiences in the church when I felt, so I would sit there, I'd be like six years old in church and they would start singing and I would be like teary eyed. I would cry because I just felt it was so beautiful and I could feel the energy, you know? And so I feel like that was my first connection with angels and God and, and probably spirit as well. Um, so yeah, it's a part of what I, it's a part of my belief and it's part of, you know, how I, how I live my life. So I think kind of touching on, did you have a follow up question to that? Yeah. So, um, I wanted to, I want you, because you mentioned a couple things here, you mentioned mediumship and you mentioned, um, your Oracle cards and things like that. And I wanted you to tell our listeners exactly what you do what you can do in a reading. So what you use, oh, okay. the tools that so, you use. Uh, a lot of people don't know, like they know they want to come for a reading, but they don't always know what they want. Right. So for me, I'm able to connect with someone's loved ones in the spirit world. So, um, you know, for instance, someone's lost uh, a father and they come and sit down. Um, I can tune into their, into their energy and, and be aware of and bring through details and communication from their father, um, giving them, you know, um, evidence of, you know, specific enough details that they'll go, okay, I know that's my dad because of blah, 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 right? Whatever comes through. That's the mediumship part that's connecting with the spirit world. Um, as a psychic, the psychic aspect is looking at someone's life. So reading their personal energy, um, what has gone on in their life in the past, looking at what is going on in the present, and then looking at sometimes potential for the future, you know, different things that are possibilities there. Um, in a psychic reading, it's focused on the person who, the client, it's focused on them and their life. Um, in a mediumship reading, it's focused on the spirit world, and I'm talking mainly about the spirit world and what, what they're um, communicating. 
most people that I read, I give both to. It just naturally unfolds that way. Um, oftentimes the way I start is just talking to them about their energy, talking to them about what I feel about them as a person, and just you know whatever is currently uh, going on for them, how they're feeling in their life. And then usually within a few minutes, then all of a sudden spirit pops in, and I just go from there, and I allow it to kind of unfold that way. Um, when the cards, oracle and angel cards, tarot cards, all of that, they're just a tool that can be used. Um, they're not necessary. However, sometimes it's a great way to kind of um, ex- explain or express something to someone or pull a card to confirm what I've just said. You know, so sometimes people like that. Um, but that's sort of that's the gist of it. I can also look at past lives. Sometimes people's past lives will come up in a reading. It's usually I like to just set the intention that whatever this person needs to know that is going to be helpful for them, that's going to empower them, that's what I ask to be shown. When you're doing, when you're accessing your, the medium gifts, the mediumship, yep. what, do you see a spirit? Do you, do you actually see the person that's coming through? Do you just hear them? What, what are you, what are you working with? It's, I have the ability to, to see them, to feel them to hear them and to just know, you know, just know the information. But I primarily will feel... Where are they at? Where are they at? Do they sit by you? (laughs) No, no. They mostly come to me. If I see them, I see them in my mind's eye usually. So they'll show me like a picture of themselves in my head, kind of like how you would see uh, a memory, you know, or how you would in a dream, you know, how you're seeing it kind of inside of yourself. But when I'm, when I physically see spirit, they don't look like solid people walking around, just random spirit everywhere I go. They mostly look to me like a silhouette of light and it's usually around my client. So if I'm doing it, say in person, I'll see, okay, I'll be talking to a client. All of a sudden I see the silhouette of light beside them. And it's in the, it's in the shape of, you know, a man and I can see, you know, kind of who that is. And then I feel that energy and I might feel that that's father coming through. And then when I go to tune into, you know, what he's trying to say, then I may hear him speaking to me um, or I might just emotionally connect with that emotion and, and give that. So it, it's kind of like all of them all at once, but it depends on the spirit and it depends how they want to communicate with me. But I'm open to all of, all of the ways and I, it works. So I just kind of let them take the lead. Are you able to turn it off or like yes. tone it down so you you know you can focus on what you need to do today and like spirits aren't just yes. you know, flooding you? <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, I, I think that I was blessed in the beginning to have been um, told that it is possible and that it actually is healthy to do that. Um, and that and that's something that I really impress upon the students that I teach is that just because you're opening up to the spirit world and yes, you want to be, you're increasing your sensitivity and you want this communication, it doesn't mean that you want to be 24-7 open to this, this energy coming because you can't then, how do you live a normal life? How do you take your kids, drive them to school? How do you like, you still have to scrub your toilet. You still have to like be normal, right? So um, I basically, I've made an agreement with my spirit guides that work with me and I just say when I'm when I'm done, 
I just basically say thank you so much, and it's like a flip of a switch in my head where I just close, I turn the switch off, and basically I kind of that's my sign to them that like okay I'm done now, and I think do, do they ever do they ever um, not listen <laughs> not listen to you? No, I mean there's been times where I've I've felt like okay I in a social situation where I'm like, okay, I do feel someone's, you know, mom is there or whatever, but I'm very, very much aware that it is in my control, you know, so they're never going to, the spirit world recognizes that they, they are working through me. They're working with me. So they have so much love and so much respect and so much, um, care for me that they don't put me in situations where it's like they're pressuring me or making me do stuff like that. It's kind of like if I, for instance, if I was at, um, in a social situation and I felt someone's mom coming through, I recognize that, um, it may not be the the, the right time, the right opportunity to, to bring it up. And also I work on the, the basis that I'll, I'll read for someone if they ask me, but I'm not about to start going and giving people messages just out of the blue because you never know someone's belief. You never know if that would even help them. Maybe they're at a point in their grief where that is not, that is not going to be helpful for them to have that experience, you know? And it's also a bit of a invasion of privacy, I think, you know, to just assume that somebody wants your two cents about what you're, what you're feeling. So I, I kind of just leave it to spirit. If I, if I feel that mom and I feel she's really trying to, she's really trying to come through, I'll say to her, I'll say, okay, I know that you want this communication to occur. If that's the case, can you have your daughter or whoever it is, can you have them ask me about my work or ask me for something or have it come up in conversation? Can you give me an ability to, you know, have her come to me because I am not going to approach her and that's just something that I won't do. Um, ethically, I just don't believe in it. And so, you know, it's happened a few times where that has happened, where then all of a sudden the person is like, I'm in conversation with them and they're like, oh, so what do you do? You know, and then I can say, oh, by the way, I'm this, and then I'm a medium. And then they might say, oh, well, would you ever, like, what do you think about me? Like, and then, and then that's my in, right? But I'll never, I'll never feel pressured by the spirit world to, well, it may feel that they want to communicate, but they'll never force me, I guess is what I'm saying. Um. I do have, we have some questions for some listeners and we have, um, Sam Barrow and Amara. They wanted to know, do you receive, do we receive messages in our dreams from our spirit guides? Yes. Yeah. That's actually a really awesome way to receive information because when you're in your dream state, your subconscious is wide open. So there's this ability for the spirit world to communicate with us. Whereas when we're in our day-to-day life and lots of us, you know, very busy, go, 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 we don't have, we're not sitting in meditation for an hour a day, some of us, right? So um, in order for them to get that information to us, sometimes the only way is to go through the dream state. And so I would say if they've, if those people have felt that they've been receiving, you know, information or guidance in their dreams, they likely are. Um, I would say to keep track of it, keep like a little journal of the things that they receive or the dreams that they get, even if they don't understand it necessarily as they're writing it down, sometimes after you've written it down, you go through, you know, a couple of days or a week when you look back, 
you may see, oh, okay, that's how that, I understand how that makes sense. But definitely it is possible. Um, loved ones in the spirit world will also sometimes come in dreams just to let you know that they're okay. You know, they, sometimes they don't speak. Sometimes they just, they're just there. Um, but oftentimes they'll come just to, to let you know that they're okay. Um, when, when my husband's father passed away, I had a dream that we were in a car together and I was like, Bill, what happened to you? You know, why did you leave us? And he said that he, that it was very short and he, but he felt good and he, uh, wasn't, didn't feel ill or anything. And he, he told me in the dream that he wasn't ready to go yet, that he was having, Mm -hmm. he felt like he had more more to to do do here. And, um, and when you read me yesterday, you said the same thing to me. You said he wasn't ready to go yet, but um, he's fine and he's happy and stuff like that. But it's funny because in the dream, he told me he wasn't ready and he was sad yeah. that he had left. Yeah. And I think that's the case, you know, sometimes when it's a very sort of unexpected or just like abrupt passing they do sometimes feel a bit like, hey, wait a minute, like I still have things left to do here, you know. Um, but with him, yeah, he was, it's interesting. It doesn't surprise me that he came to you in that dream in that way. Um, and I think it's because he knew that you would be, you'd be open to receiving that. Like you, you, would, you would understand that and take that as a, as a message from him. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, totally. None of the other, nobody has had dreams about him but me. Um, yeah. I've had two of them, but that one was the one that I could remember the most, but it was yeah. interesting that you touched on that too. Yeah. Well, it seemed to me he really wanted to communicate, you know, like he was quite, he was quite ready for it. He wanted to come through. He's, um, been, he, he's been sitting there waiting for someone to bring him, <laughs> bring the message through. He's like, I'm, I want to talk. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, always I always wanted wonder to if maybe, you know, how many, how many people there are in spirit who are just waiting to come through and maybe there are people that they love, you know, that are left here in the physical world. Maybe they're not into mediumship. Maybe they don't believe in it. Maybe they don't like, they're not going to do that. So I think when, when you're in spirit and your people make an appointment with a, a medium, they're very excited. I think that that's their opportunity. Like they're, they're very happy about that. Well, what was so funny is um, before we started recording, I got a reading done by Melissa. And what was so funny is I, I kind of was thinking like if anybody did come through, it'd probably be my grandma because um, she is actually like I don't have too many relatives who've passed. But what was yeah. funny is my grandma came through, but Randy's grandma came through too. <laughs> like they were both. Yeah. And, and Melissa's like she was trying. She's like, well, I'm just getting to but I'm trying to decipher like whose grandma this is. And they were both trying. They're like they wanted to talk. <laughs> Yeah, both of them. And they were kind of similar. So it's interesting, like that they both kind of came in together. Um, and it, I have no doubt that they know each other in the spirit world through you guys, right? So they're probably like, you know, getting to be friends in the spirit world. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super. I think it's, it's always, it's always a blessing to them, as much as it is a blessing to us when when the communication occurs. That's pretty cool. I, another thing too, I wanted to tell our listeners was, you know, when Casper, our dog, when he passed away, I was assuming that he would be up there with Bill. Um, but he wasn't, he was with my grandma and 
my grandma was very grouchy and so was Casper. And she was, and she was feeding him up there. You're like, she's just feeding him. They have a good relationship. I'm like, what? My grandma didn't like dogs, but she, but we can be surprised at how they can, they'll always be them. You know, their essence is the same as it was as the, when they were here. But sometimes I feel like they can either mellow a little bit since being in the spirit world, or maybe they're a bit more gentle than they might have been. And that comes with receiving healing, you know, and, and in the spirit world, there's not the same kind of pressure, the same kind of demands on us as there is in spirit, you know. So I think that's maybe her way of showing that she's softened a little um, towards dogs. <laughs> maybe Casper softened a little too. No, Casper, <laughs> Casper told her he, he's like, I miss her, but I really miss my dad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty like pretty clear that his, his dad is like that's his he favors his, his dad. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> I want to circle back on the dreams real quick with you. Yeah. Um, another question was, do dreams play a significant role in our lives? And um, how do we best use the messages? Like, I, I know that you just said, make sure you journal, even though you don't understand. But um, mm-hmm. I also don't want us to freak out about dreams. I mean, because yeah. sometimes we have bad dreams. It doesn't mean it's going to come true. But 100% like I kind of think with with dreams, some of them are just that some of them are just like your subconscious getting rid of stuff from your day, or bringing stuff that needs to kind of be cleansed or purged, but it's not something that you need to act on or something that you need to um, take as a premonition, right. So not every dream that you have is going to be like uh, something to do with a message, right. Uh, the way that you can tell is if you, if you are asking and intending for guidance to come through in your dreams and you're asking your spirit guides to communicate with you in dream time and you're journaling and you're receiving information, you'll look at the information or you'll look at the pieces of, you know, whatever they've shown you. You'll take that as a, um, you'll, you'll tune in to the feeling of it and you'll know which pieces are applicable. If it's something like impending doom and you're having that repeatedly, I almost feel like that's more like anxiety or, or something else that's coming through. That's, your, your guys are never going to want to scare you. Your guys are never going to want to give you information that you, you can't do anything with or that you can't change. Do you know what I mean? Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. For yeah, that. no, that makes a lot of sense because actually um, before Brandy and I went on our San Francisco trip, um, I kept having this reoccurring dream and I did not tell Brandy because we're both like, was a our little, plane going to crash? <laughs> we're both a little nervous about flying. Oh my God. <laughs> but I kept having this reoccurring dream and it was, I was a passenger in a car, but like as we were driving, there would be no more road and we would just be like falling out of, out of the sky pretty much. And I was yeah. like, okay, I know that means that doesn't mean the plane's going to fall. You know, I know that has to be something inside of me. Like, and I was very anxious about the trip. Like I was just very like, making sure I have everything and, you know, like stressed out. So I definitely see like where the dream journal would help. 
Yeah, and I think recognizing too that dreams, I mean, I'm by no means an expert in dream interpretation. I, but I, I do know that um, in dreams, oftentimes it's very symbolic, you know. So what we experience as we think it's literal is actually probably just a symbol for something else. So, you know, it, it's not to, yeah, not to panic, um, but I do know some people, some mediums who only receive their information in dreams. Oh. Oh, wow. wow. That's jacked up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, because I don't actually feel like I'm that much of an intuitive dreamer. Like, I will, I've had one, I think I've only had one visit from my own loved ones, you know, one, one dream that I can remember. Um, where I knew she was, it was a friend of mine and I knew she was coming to say like, I'm okay. And I had asked her to, so it was cool when I experienced that. Um, but I don't get kind of like lots of my dreams are just very weird and I don't make a lot of sense of them. And I, I don't, I guess I don't focus on it that much, but I think it's because I'm always reading everybody else during the day that when I'm like in my dream state, I just give that to, I just do whatever. That's like my downtime. Um, I wanted to ask you, I know that you're going on a huge trip to Ireland for your abilities. And I want you to talk about that. Like, how did that even come up? <laughs> well, I feel I've always felt super, super drawn to Ireland. Like I just, I love, I just love Ireland and I always felt like I wanted to go. And, um, over last summer, I went to the Arthur Finley College, which is um, a college in England that is just dedicated to the study of mediumship and psychic sciences. And it's, it's really cool. It's in, it's in like an old sort of like um, English mansion type place. And it's all mediums from all over the world, people that just go there. And it's a really rigorous training. Um, but anyways, I met some really amazing people there. And I met um, a friend. Um, who's from England, but she, she was there at the college. And um, so we really kind of had like a, a real connection. Like the, the course is seven days, it's 13 hours a day. Like you're pretty, it's like you get to know people in a short amount of time. Um, so anyways, I also have a client who used to live here where I live near Vancouver, um, but she's from Ireland. And she booked a reading with me right before she was moving back to Ireland. And we were just chatting and she's like, I would just love it if you could come. Like, I wish that you could come and meet my mom and teach, teach a class because she's really into this and, you know, they know people that want to learn. And I said, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. And I told her, I said, I'm so connected to Ireland. Like, I just keep feeling like I need to go there. And so um, when I came back from my uh, trip to England, um, it just got me thinking, like, I, I just felt like, okay, I know I want to go back, but not necessarily to England this time, but to Ireland. And so I just, I just contacted my, my client and I said, um, I'm planning for the year. And do you think, like, do you think that there'd be enough interest? Like, do you think that, um, you know, if I came that we would, we would be able to do this, like have a, a weekend class? And she said, sure. So I just started researching on Airbnb, looking at places, venues that I could host this event. And the first thing that popped up was this amazing castle. And I didn't know you could rent a castle, first of all, on Airbnb, but you can. Oh, whoa, wait, wait. Hold on a second. On Airbnb? Yeah. <laughs> hold on a minute. First of all, you cut out. And then second of all, I heard about a castle. Re rewind right. like three seconds. 
Okay, so I just I just started researching venues that I could that I could host it at okay. if I was going to go, and the first thing that I saw on Airbnb was this castle. So <laughs> you rent the castle like for the weekend, and you just like sleep in that castle and you live in the castle for the weekend. How? Oh my god! Wow! Imagine what energy you guys are going to get in this castle like <laughs> exactly so i you know i'm first of all i'm obsessed with castles like i love castles to begin with but i, I oh that's another thing when i was at the the college in england i had a reading with one of the tutors like one of the the instructors and she basically told me oh you're so connected to ireland and i feel like you're gonna you'll be traveling to close to galway and um you won't want to you won't once your feet touch ground like you'll be like this is home like i don't even want to leave here and I was like, oh, cool. And that was before my client had, had told me about that she was moving back to Ireland. So when I came back, I contacted my client or whatever, and we were talking. And that's when it all came, it kind of the idea came. So then I researched and I looked at this castle and I didn't know exactly where it was because it's in a town that's not really like in a big city. And when I researched like what it's close to, it's 20 minutes from Galway. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. I we went to Galway for our honeymoon. Oh really? We did. Yes, it was great. It, we did. It was great. It's beautiful. Um, I'd still make it over to Dublin just to see Dublin yeah. too. But Gal Galway was—it's like a homey town, you know. Just yeah. It, it to me, it's just—it's so interesting that she said, "Oh, you're gonna—you'll be out, you know, going to Galway." And then I didn't even know that this Airbnb castle that I was looking at was 20 minutes from there. So it was kind of neat. Like it was almost spiritually of saying like, yeah, like this is, you know, this is supposed to happen. Um, but yeah, we fly into Dublin and then spend a few days there. And then we go to the castle, which is just outside of Galway. And it's basically a weekend where there's some people coming from England. There's some people coming from Ireland. There's a few other people coming with me from Canada. Um, and I'm going to just, I, I've entitled it like all the gifts of the soul. And my friend that I met at the college who we got along really well, she's going to come with me and teach with me. So we're going to do it together. Um, and then there's another one of our classmates that's going to come and help us with the demonstration because we're going to do a demonstration of mediumship. So kind of like a, a big, kind of like a big audience reading, big group reading in the castle. Um, and then the rest of it will just be teaching them to tune into their own abilities and work with spirit and different ways of um, working with um, their intuition psychically. And we're going to do some, um, some healing and stuff on the grounds of the castle because it's right near the water. Wow, that is really cool. Um, yeah, so so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So actually, I'm just curious, when you meet someone, because you have so many people coming to this class, are you able to tell kind of right away that they're intuitive or that they're sensitive or they have the gift? Are you able to tell yeah. someone, this isn't the class yeah. for you? Like, Yes. And so, you know, that's the thing. Like most people that are interested in, in developing their intuition and that sign up for a class, most people are doing so because they they may not know exactly what their ability is, but they know there's something, you know, they, they know that they're wanting to develop it or they want to know, they want to learn. 
Um, I've never had anyone that's come that I've been like, nope, can't do anything with this. Like, no. Because at the end of the day, everybody's born with intuition. Everybody has it. Maybe not everybody's supposed to be or meant to be working as a medium, but definitely everybody can learn to trust their own intuition, for sure. Wow. I like that. It depends if people are ready. You know, some people are just not ready for it. Um, but most, most people, when there's an interest, um, it's because their soul has already been telling them that they're ready to explore it. Um, that is, that's pretty cool. I, I, I would do a class. <laughs> you would do a class? Yeah. I mean, like just to, you know, help your own intuition, like you're saying, like maybe get more in tune with and listening to yeah. what your, your body is kind of telling you or, you know. Be more comfortable well, with surprise like so many people are so shocked that they can do it you know like i i really love i'm passionate about teaching people because i recognize that had you know had i not gone to that class you know would i would i have ever really developed it on my own i don't know you know so that class really opened my eyes to what's possible um and so you know i like to empower people to learn it for themselves see see how it works for them and to me, it's so exciting because they're walking around thinking, oh, there's no way I could do that. And then I get them in the class and, we, you know, I, I'm very gentle with people and loving, but I do try to, like, push people without them re recognizing that I'm doing it, right? So I kind of, like, I gently do it and they don't know that I'm kind of pushing them outside of their comfort zone and then all of a sudden they're doing it. Um, but people are shocked. People are so shocked what they can, what they can come up with, what they can read, you know? Like, I have people sit strangers that have never met and I just get them to try it and I'll get them to tune into each other and start talking about that person. What do you feel? What do you think? What, what is coming to mind? And sometimes it, it blows me away what people, what people can do and they, they had no idea, you know, so it's just a matter of trying and feeling comfortable and feeling supported, I think, in, in that environment that, okay, like, no matter what I say, nobody's going to like think I'm like, look at me funny or think that I'm just like weird or whatever. You can just have that freedom to try it, experiment. Wow. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely be, you know, open, you know, why not? If, if it can help and benefit, why not? Um, I had a question that kind of goes back to when you're giving somebody a reading. Uh huh. What, what if you have, or what if you, you know, feel or see, you know, something not so good, maybe it's health related or some type of bad news. How do you convey that to, to the person without, you know, maybe scaring them or. Right. Well, I made early on, I kind of made a pact with my, with my guides or with spirit. And I said, I only want to know information that is going to help somebody or empower them. So if it's bad news, but there's something that can be done about it, I will receive that information. So there's been times when I've, I've received like, oh, I feel like something in the heart. You know what? I just get this message like you should, you should get it looked at. I don't really know if, the, you know, it doesn't feel like it it's, has to be worst case scenario, but you do need to pay attention. And I am getting the message like you should go get it looked at, right? Um, but if I was to, you know, if that was the case that this person had, no, there's nothing they could do to change it, they were going to pass away from a heart attack, I would not get that information because it's part of my, my philosophy that I don't think that that's helpful for someone to know that. Okay. Because I don't, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I just don't know how, 
I don't know how that would be helpful for someone. You know? And the only reason I knew to make this kind of pact with them is because I had a, a client who was you know, pretty elderly herself, but she, she kept coming to me asking when her husband was going to die. Oh my God. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't really want to, I don't want to know that. Like, I don't want to tune into that. Like, I, I don't know. And she kept pressuring me and pressuring me. And I don't know if she was like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. She just really wanted to know. And I just basically talked to spirit and said, what is this? Like, am I, like, why, why is she asking me this? And basically the message that I got was, it's just not in line with your 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 values, that's not how you work. So don't feel bad telling someone, I'm just not open to that information. Wow. Um, yeah. As long as there's something, you know, even if it's not the greatest news, as long as there's something that can be done to help it, I'll, I can receive it and I will offer it. I'm always really, like, gentle with it. You know, I always want to kind of deliver it with compassion and make sure that the person knows that, you know, free will does play a part. So, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, every single thing happens for a reason. And I think some things do, and there's many things that do, but there's a lot of this life that is very much up to our own choices and up to our own free will. And so, you know, my advice to anyone that seeks out a psychic reading, you know, recognize that you still have power. And just because someone gives you information that they see doesn't mean that you can't change it. You know, the only things that I feel like are really, really set in stone, like you cannot change, are basically uh, when you're going to pass. And, you know, some of the big relationships that we have in this life, I I feel like some of those things will happen regardless, um, and the lessons that we learn. But all of this other stuff, day-to-day stuff, a lot of it is really up to us. Wow. Um, I do... um... It's very comforting to, I, I like that you tell everyone, you know, just because you're hearing it or just because this is what the message that's coming through, it's not set in stone. You can still change it. You can still you make can, your own decision. You know, and also recognizing that every reader is going to be receiving things in a slightly different way. And there's, there's no, I don't think there's any reader, no matter how psychic, how great a medium you are, nobody has all the answers. You know, so I, I fully believe that, like, what we provide as, as readers is a glimpse into um, something much larger than ourselves and that we are still human. So there's still things that, you know, I could misinterpret something and you might be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. And I am fully, you know, I fully am just, like, honest. So I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just go back and see if I can reinterpret that, see if we can make sense of it. But I recognize that, you know, nobody, nobody has all of the answers. Um, I do have an, uh, like I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, no, no. I found it. It's in my notes, girl. That's why I take notes. Okay. So, so we hope, we hope you have all the answers. Yeah. A big because question. there's a big <laughs> No pressure. It's okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, I want you to tell us how to manifest things for our lives. How do we make shit happen? (laughs) Okay. Well, there's a few different things that I have found that are really, really powerful. Um, the, The biggest thing is that you have to get clear about what it is you actually want. 
ideally, like if there was no limit, you know, because we try to always, I think, ask for things that we want, but we limit it ourselves thinking like what's realistic, right? And you just have to allow yourself to daydream. So I will often um, give people a piece of paper with um, like a cross, like a four quadrants in it, where you put your career in one section, your uh, relationships in another, your um, physical health or you know physical self in one section, and then your spiritual path or whatever section you want to put in the other one. And basically just go, like allow yourself to be free in imagining what it could be like. I think career is the hardest one for people because people think that it has to be hard or that it has to be difficult or that they have to like dread going to work. And the reality is that we can, we can manifest all kinds of different situations for ourselves. So, you know, you've got to get clear about, okay, what is it that I actually would love? Like, what, how do I want to feel in each part of my life? How do I want to feel in my relationship with my husband? You know, what does that look like? And you kind of just like write it down. I just like take notes as you kind of go. And then you can kind of put that into a letter to the universe. So, dear universe, this is what I'm asking for. And you just outline it. And it's a tough taking notes, letter to the universe. Yeah, and just say, dear universe, and this is what I'm asking for. And, you know, it's a, it's a balance because you want to be specific, but you don't want to be so specific that you're limiting yourself, right? So you kind of have to just be like, I want, and say it's your career. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel happy when I know I'm on my way to work, and I want to look forward to the people that I interact with, and I want to feel, you know, that I'm, uh, you know, respected and that I, I earn, you know, um, a, fair, a fair amount, you know, for, the, for what I offer or, you know, whatever it is, right? So you can make it in those terms. Um, and what I actually did this. So I did this when I was, um, I, I was, I think my son was about two and um, I had separated from my ex, he's now my ex, but at, at the time we separated. And I was on my own. I had no money. Um, very, very stressed about how I was going to even continue providing for us and what was sort of, you know, what the future might hold. And I got myself into this rut where I just felt like I was, I was being quite, um, I don't want to say pessimistic, but I really was looking at the negative of things. I wasn't seeing a positive way out. You know, I knew I wanted to be married. I knew I wanted to have another child. I knew I wanted to have a daughter. Um, I knew I wanted her name to be Avery. Like I had all these, I had all these things that I wanted for myself. Um, so I, I wrote, I wrote the letter and what I did was I put it under my pillow. I slept with it under my pillow. I put a rose quartz, which is a, the a pink, pink stone. Um, and I think it was like a celestite, which is kind of like a pretty um, blue, light blue stone. And then, um, oh, a citrine, which is also for, uh, it's the orangey one, and that's for abundance and kind of manifesting. And so I slept with it under my pillow every night. And then um, each morning I would take out the, the letter and I would just read it. I would read it so I could kind of like jog my memory every morning of like what I had asked for. And then during the day, I would practice feeling 
as if it already had happened. So I, it, if anyone ever saw me do this, I would feel like such a like, lunatic, but I would just close my eyes and I would daydream and I'd be like, oh, I would see myself like in this other soulmate relationship. And I <laughs> that was, was like, not good potting. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I just said, hello, hello. Like I'm on the, <laughs> like on the phone. phone. You cut out. Go back to um, oh. where you were. You said that um, you would practice feeling as if it had already happened. Okay, so I practice feeling, um, yeah, feeling that it's already happened. So I close my eyes and just sort of like visualize as if it already had happened and just allow those feelings, like allow myself to feel the feelings of peace or feel the feeling of love, feel the feeling of, you know, how exciting that would be to be in that, you know, in that relationship. And, you know, I, I also started gratitude journaling. So I was taking my vibration from being quite fearful and quite your vibration when you're negative is very low. Um, And in order to manifest, you need to raise your vibration up. So I would every single day write all the things that I was grateful for and why, you know, I'm so grateful for my job because it's, you know, providing me with such and such, you know, and I would, I would give specific little examples, even if it was tough, even if I didn't feel like I was, had a lot to be grateful for at that moment, I would, I would find things. And um, the other thing that I would do is I would um, listen to beautiful music and kind of invoke or invite in um, that positive energy. And what I recognize is that music that made me have a physical or a, an emotional reaction, um, so you, you know, maybe a little period or maybe kind of like brings emotion up to the surface, that really kind of lifted my vibration. It kind of like got me in tune with, got me sort of feeling aligned with um, something greater than myself. So um, basically I, I, put, I put it into words I wrote it down. I added at the bottom this or something better. So that way I allowed the universe to bring me things that even if I didn't know what was good for me, like they might, you know, the universe could bring me something even better than I could imagine. Um, and I always, I always tell people to do that because it, it's a good way to not limit yourself. Um, but I mean, long story short, I, I ended up manifesting to the dollar uh, the amount of income that I wanted to make that I thought would be, you know, be, I'd be able to take care of my son and me. Um, I ended up, yes, finding it, although it did take a few years, it didn't happen instantly, but I did find uh, my partner. And it's interesting when we, uh, when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, we were looking at names for boys and girls because we didn't know, even though I knew that she was a girl. But um, the only name on the girls list that my husband uh, liked out of all my names, like 10, 12 names, was Avery. And that was sort of my sort of way. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I manifested this because that was her name. I, I wrote down like a daughter named Avery. Um, that is on my so manifesting funny. List. Oh, my God. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. You and just that that was the only name that he even liked. Like he did not, he was not going for any of those other names. So it was kind of interesting. But yeah, so that, that is basically, that's the gist of it. The, the thing is to, to not give up because I think sometimes we expect that something's going to happen instantly and we want it to happen like when, on our timeline. 
Um, and the thing is, like sometimes it does it does take it's on the divine timing, you know, it's on the universe's time. Um, but it's all about keeping yourself in the highest vibration possible, so that you can attract to yourself what what you've asked for. Um, the other thing is, you know, you can also in your gratitude, you can thank the universe for things that haven't happened yet. And when you do that, like, oh, thank you so much for bringing me, you know, whatever it is. Like if you want to move and you want a certain kind of house or you want to, I don't know, whatever it is, you can say thank you so much for bringing me this new beautiful house that I love. And it's like it's just reconfirming to the universe that you trust and you believe that it is coming to you. I'm going to start thanking the universe for letting me win the lotto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can also, you know, you can also light a white candle. That is a nice little, that was something that I used to do too when I was just reading my, reading my letter. Um, light a white candle, and that's kind of like a sign from you to the spirit world that you're connecting. Oh, wow. Okay. So candles really are a, kind of pivotal in connecting with the, with the spirit world? I mean, I think it's it depends on your belief, you know. But for me, I find that it is a, a nice representation of me sort of sending that light, saying like, "Okay, guys, like I want to connect, and I'm here." And it's a it's a lovely way to to connect. So it's it's definitely I think can be really powerful. Um, and you know, the thing is, you you also just want to um, you have to have almost like that belief in the process before you even get going. You know what I mean? So it's all, it's all comes down to intention. Okay. Wow. Wow. Really, really really good tips. I know. I like that. Thank you. See, I asked and I shall receive. I already (laughs) manifested that fucking answer. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like what, what people can actually create in their life once they start to practice, practice those sort of tips and I mean, I believe, yes, there's some things that maybe if it's not meant to be on your path, then maybe you will not manifest that, right? Like I do understand that there are some things that are maybe not for us, you know? But if it's, me- if it's something that the universe can bring to you and it will be for your highest and best good, like you can. You can manifest that. All right. I like that. That's good information. I think our listeners are going to like that one. Yes. I think I was taking notes. So I think yeah. everyone's going to be taking notes on yeah. that. <laughs> Take awesome. notes, bitches. Okay. Um, and then I know that we need to close out and let you go for the night because it's been over an hour and I don't want to tie you up too much longer. But um, I want to know, like, if you could read anybody, I want to know who you would read. Close that with the, with the, with the famous guest. Who could you get your hands on that you'd like? Mm-hmm. Who would I like to read? There's a few. Um, let me think. I would really love to read Tony Robbins because oh. I'm kind of obsessed with him. I love him. Do you guys know Tony Robbins? Yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Motivational okay. speaker, yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like that would be phenomenal and that would be an incredible experience. Um, my take on him is that when he does his, like, seminars and he's, like, doing these interventions with people where he's, like, you know, talking them through their problems, he's actually intuitively reading them. 
And I don't know, I think he must know he's doing it, but he doesn't call it that. Because if he started calling himself a psychic, I feel like not as many people would be about him, you know. Um, But I do feel that's what he's doing. He's tapping into these people psychically and energetically. So I would love to read for him just to kind of see, like, what I could bring through for him. And he just fascinates me. I just, here's, there's a master manifester. You know, that's what he's built his life on is manifesting. So I'd, I'd be curious to read for him. Uh, I'd love to read for Oprah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I just also love her and obsessed with her too. I think Tony Robbins, say that again, Melissa, sorry. Oh, yeah, I think those would be my two. Those would be the two that I could think of. No one's ever asked me that before, so I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was thinking, well, Tony Robbins is a really good answer. I don't think a lot of people would say that. Yeah, and I like how you already are, like, thinking he's intuitive with what he's able to do. So, yeah, that would be a great read. Girl, you got to manifest You know what I thought of recently is that I would love to read for these these housewives or these Vanderpump rules because – (laughs) <laughs> oh my, like okay i only started watching vanderpump rules because you guys suggested it uh <laughs> before i was only housewives now i watch vanderpump rules i've caught up to all the current season now and i see so many things that i want to say and then i'm like oh i could totally tell their intentions with things i could read exactly what's going on and i'm like oh man i wish i wish that i could read for some of it because it's just like you know who would be amazing? It'd be amazing to read for Jax. <laughs> oh, really? my God. He's a hot mess recently I've seen him. Now he's going to Reiki and all this stuff. I'm like, you know what? He's starting to open. I feel like it could, it could be amazing what could come through. Like, there could be a lot of healing because I think he, he needs it. But, um, but, yeah, so that would be another thing that I'm like, oh, I would, I would love to do that, too. Well, I think what we'll have to have you do is you'll have to go ahead and, you know, use your intuition and, and see what you see about the, the characters and then let us know. And then we can give out some, some tea on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so awesome. I know I thought about it off, like often because it is a weird thing. Like it's probably the least spiritual thing that I do, but yet it brings me so much joy. And I just like, I love my shows and I guess maybe because I'm working so much in like energy and I'm like, I'm sort of like in this other world a lot of the time, the way that I can kind of ground myself and come back to like, like just being human is to just watch kind of like these shows. But I, I love them. I love them. So what, so tell me who is your, who are your couple of favorite housewives and what's your favorite franchise? Okay. I think that my favorite franchise is between uh, New York and OC. Although, oh no, I have to say I like New Jersey too, like a lot. Um, <laughs> but the OC this last season, eh, not as not as great as it might have been in the beginning. Um, my favorite, I love Kyle. I think even though she's Beverly Hills, but I I just think she's actually the most like kind of hilarious. Actually, probably the most down to earth, you know, out of out of all of them. Um, I find. Lisa Rinna hilarious like I do find her really funny like I laugh a lot at her and just I love Lisa Rinna I love, love yeah, her she's like one of our it's top like, top favorites so like doesn't care she doesn't give a shit she just does what she wants says what she wants um so I kind of I love her too but 
Um, yeah, so but favorite franchise is hard, but I really I was into New York this last past season. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, it was pretty good. So yeah, I don't know. Those are kind of like my my favorites. But I love Kyle. I just think Kyle to me is someone like almost like you know you could feel like would just be like a friend that you would have. You know, she seems a little bit more a little bit more normal. Yeah, more yes, normal, yeah, yes, yes, more relatable down to earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I not was a fan of Dorit. No, oh. <laughs> no, Dorit <laughs> is okay. Here's the thing with Dorit, though, she is just she's crazy so, enough to be yes. on the show, though. I feel like the show needs her out. She's such good TV, like, I can't, I just, I can't not watch her. I her love fucking watching her. fake accent and PK. I mean, really, for the couple, I don't know. You can't yeah. really get better than that for TV. <laughs> I mean, you've got I Erica did cry when she attorney. when um, she gave him the surprise party or whatever. I was teary eyed. Like I did, I did get invested emotionally at that. I was like, oh, so sweet. But I, um, yeah, she's good at like stirring things up and getting people like yeah, getting things started. So I do think she's yeah, she's probably necessary. I just I can't with the accent anymore. I can't. I <laughs> By the way, you have a super cute accent. It's small, but it's very cute. Yes. Well, what is like, so I'm so curious. What is like a Canadian accent? I don't know. I really can't uh, describe it. Yeah, it's just someone like your vowels are like maybe more extended than ours, like the O's and the U's. But yeah, I wish. Okay, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I've heard like, American accents, but more so like the one that I would think of is more like a Southern kind of like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Or like um, Minnesota people. I've heard that yeah. accent, but yeah. 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 I couldn't tell. Like you guys, I don't feel like you have, you don't, I don't feel you guys have accents. No, I'm all self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh my gosh, Melissa, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I want to, th- I mean, thank you for being you and being open with us and, and for all the tips, for all the tips, being a, a fan and we're a fan of you and I love you dearly and I appreciate you. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, so I, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. It's been so much fun and it feels just like we just chatted like us friends. So that's amazing. I know we we finally got to chat, right? I know. I'm excited about that. So definitely, yeah, just anytime, if you have any questions or anything that you need to, you need, you know, one tip or whatever, just let me know I'm around. Why don't you um, provide all your information so our listeners can give you a contact? Yes. Let, let them know your social handles and email if you want to give that out, whatever you, you know, need to give out. Sure. Uh, Facebook is, uh, if you search Psychic Medium Melissa White, um, then my Facebook page will come up. Um, my email is info at melissawhitesacredsoul.com. And the website is melissawhitesacredsoul.com. Okay. Okay. And then what is your, do you, are you on Instagram too, Melissa? You are. Um, I don't know what my, I, hold on. Let me see if I can figure <laughs> out what my, I don't know. It's like, um, me, uh, I think it's medium Melissa White. I, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They'll find you. They'll, They'll find, find you. I don't know how to use Instagram properly, so I just, well, I I just sometimes 
post things there, but I don't really know how to use it. Okay. <laughs> Girl, we're, we're still learning too. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't feel so bad. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And I'm just sending you lots of love. Thank you very thank much. You. And we're sending you lots of love too. Appreciate you. And I can't wait to do this again. And we'll focus on some other topics. It'll be fun. Cool. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode with Melissa White, psychic medium, Melissa White. Um, we will make sure that we put all of her social handles on yeah. our website yes. and on Facebook. And uh, that's that's it for tonight. We love you. Bubbles and kisses. From your bitches. Bye. Bye, guys.